Welcome to On Olive Oil, hosted by Curtis Cord, the publisher of Olive Oil Times. Featuring 30-minute discussions with people throughout the world, sharing their unique perspectives on the ever-changing olive oil landscape. Today's guest is Olivier and Company Marketing Director, Rose Melandretis. Watching that reaction, here they are telling me it's like the most amazing oil they've tasted. That's when the light bulb went off in my head and I need to pursue this because it's in my blood. Now, from New York City, here's Curtis Cord. Last year, Olivier and Company, also known as Owen Co., celebrated its 20th anniversary. The founders, a group of photographers, were inspired by the passion of people who made olive oil throughout the Mediterranean. I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that source of inspiration, and many of you are that source of inspiration for us. I might have been among the earliest customers at Owen Co.'s first store on Paris's Ile Saint-Louis in 1998 when it opened there. Now there are 90 Owen Co. shops around the world from Hong Kong to New York, including in one of my favorite places in the world, Grand Central Station. Rose Malandretis has been with Owen Co. for much of its journey as the Director of Marketing. I have what seems to be an annual privilege to present Rose with awards at the New York International Olive Oil Competition, most recently two gold awards for the Monva Piqual from Spain and the Azienda Agricola Maschio blend from Italy. And it's in New York that we find Rose today. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Curtis. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I managed to sneak our talk in today just before you head to Crete, I understand, for a well-deserved break. Yes, I long for that trip every year, um, going back to my roots, so to speak. So it's, it's apropos that we have this call to get me even more excited about going back. Were you born there? I wasn't, but both of my parents are from Crete, uh, and they wanted to instill... I was born in the U.S., but spent every summer for three months since I was born uh, on the island of Crete. So so it really is a home away from home, and most of my family is there. So it's, it's quite a special connection to me, and it, I'm honored to be able to straddle two cultures. Where do you stay when you're there? We actually, um, it's funny, because we have a, a tourist resort in Crete, uh, in Hanya, in the Hanya region, um, and that's what um, inspired my love for for all things olive oil, because my father was an entrepreneur and uh, built, uh, he was initially going to build a summer place for us and decided, hmm, how can I entice my children to keep coming back here? And as a result, he he made it into a business and uh, developed a beautiful um, resort with a pool nestled amongst the olive groves uh, with views overlooking the, the sea. And it's quite a magical place. And, um, and he was right. It can't keep us away from it. What's the name of it? It's a Yanni's retreat. So uh, right now it's um, it's 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 more friends and family. So if you give me a call, I can I can make arrangements. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, 
it's a very much a local experience and my dad's there all the time and he'll take people to his friend uh, who's making raki, the local raki uh, at that time of the year. He'll, he'll He's taken people to his friend, the cheesemonger, who's making cheese. And, and for him, that's just what each day brings. And But for people visiting, it's one of the most memorable things about their trip to Crete because it's, it's just something authentic and, and real about being in such a, a unique, beautiful place. And uh, the olive trees that surround it, my dad is so proud, you know, of he sh- walks people around the olive trees and, and shows them, offers them the olives that he's... Um, that he's created, that he's brined himself. And, and um, you know, when I was little, I helped him plant, you know, 30 olive trees. So, so I've had the pleasure of watching those olive trees grow and, and help him uh, nurture them. And, and I, I didn't appreciate what it was, especially when I was little and I, I bit into my first olive off the tree. It was just a never, it left a lasting impression on my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, so yes, yeah, so Crete, again, um, g- growing up as a kid there, it was a great uh, way to spend summers and be really um, a part of the culture that so defines who I am and makes me appreciate, um, you know, when I'm in, I always say when I'm in New York, I'm, I'm a Greek, and when I'm in Greece, I'm a New Yorker, because in New York, you, you want to just slow things down, so I'm like, okay, everyone just take a deep breath, let the Greek side comes out, and when I'm in Crete, I'm like, okay, guys, let's let's get cracking, let's let's go do something. So, <laughs> so it, it's it's very funny, and, and it, I think that's that balance is what's so essential in in defining myself and how I uh, I view life, basically. So I, that might be a little too deep for your <laughs> for that question, but but here we are. Um, you know, uh, Crete is. Uh, something that uh, from the Cretan diet to uh, the simplicity of life there. And going back to the olive tree, you know, I remember when I was little, my dad took me um, to one of the oldest olive trees ever. It was over 2,000 years old um, in Kisamos. And it was just in the middle of this little village. And I couldn't believe it. it I, I climbed inside, it was hollow but it was still bearing fruit uh, and it was gnarled and just, it, it really left an impression with me. And the fact that it was there for, for thousands of years, um, it really just instilled a true appreciation for the olive tree. And I think that formed the foundation for, for developing my interest. And, in, and it's a separate funny story of how I got to where I am now, but um my foundations in Crete definitely helped foster that that love uh, for an age-old tradition that wasn't given the attention it deserves, for sure. First of all, nothing's too deep for this conversation. (laughs) I'm with you 100%. I've uh, experienced the Hania experience. I also went around with locals and drank the local drink and ate the local cheese and looked at the old trees, and I visited a thousands-year-old tree in, in, in Hania. It might, might have been the same one. Mm-hmm. But do tell us now how then you got started with, with Owen Co. So um, I'll make a long history. I'll try to wrap it up. But 
my previous to Owenco, my um, previous profession was in publishing. So I was at a big publishing firm in Boston, and I um, was marketing my family's olive oil actually, because I that was after uh, you know watching the trees I planted harvest their first batch of olive oil, and I was just so connected to the land and and that experience of tasting being at the mill and having that fresh warm bread uh, and dipping it, the corner piece into that oil that first comes out of the spout that's almost like too strong to even taste but I just couldn't resist it uh, and I was like wow this is just incredible so I I um, had some of that oil shipped to me in Boston and I actually with uh, one of my colleagues who's a designer created a label we bottled them up and we had an um, there was a a type of craft fair at the publishing company, which you know had thousands of employees. So I made a little stand. I had my Greek flag going. I I had a little Greek music playing, and I had my bottle of olive oil. Uh, and I was offering people um, a taste. And I didn't have any grand plans in mind, but I just thought, gosh, people need to try this. And so. I afterwards, like while the first people were coming through, they're like, oh, where can I get this? I'm like, oh, um, well, sign up your name and I'll see what I can do. Mm -hmm. And so after about a two hour uh, craft fair, I had about 200 people on that list and they all wanted a bottle and they were asking questions and oh, where did it come from? Uh, I love this taste. Oh, this is like nothing I've ever tasted. And I thought, really? How could that be? Because that's all I ever grew up with. I've never had, I've never had to buy olive oil. So when was this? This was in 1995, 1995, mm -hmm. 1996. And, um, you know, a, a light bulb went on in my head. I'm like, gosh, this is what I'm passionate about. This, watching that, that reaction to when people taste uh, an olive oil that I know, you know, I, I know where the fruit came from and I, I watched it being pressed and I bottled it and, and here they are telling me it's like the m most amazing oil they've tasted. That's when the light bulb went off in my head and, and it said, hey, I, I need to pursue this because this is, it's in my blood. The olive oil is literally in my blood and I am so passionate about it. And just watching that response really motivated me to, to pursue that. So, Well, hold on a second before you, and I want you to remember where you are your answer. But I, I just wanted to ask, do you remember, uh, did you have to explain why it was perhaps more bitter than they were used to? Were they tasting it with bread or were they tasting it straight? Well, at this time I had, I had bread and I had spoons as well. Um, but most, I had it as a, uh, I had th like three different ramekins because there were you know, there were so many people. Um, so I kept adding more because a line was forming. And so, um, so I, I did it with bread and, you know, I explained the harvest season. I explained, you know, how it's very fresh and, 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 and that's why it's, it's tends to be, you know, the basic words of peppery when, mm -hmm. uh, and grassy, cause it was a hundred percent Koronaki olive variety. And, um, so people, you know, and I, I actually, I remember having, I think I had a, a bottle of uh, another supermarket olive oil because I was explaining how it's only 
it's not a blend. It's it's just olives from the tree that I, are on our property. And and so when you know the authenticity and, and it's pressed quickly, I, I, I really, it was very much an educational process explaining, uh, you know, how quickly it's pressed, how how um, the fresher it is, the more robust the, the flavor is going to be. Because, you know, and I told them, go check in your cupboard. And if you... Uh, you know, have a bottle with like an inch of olive oil on the bottle, you know, and, and I, I told them like how you can tell from the smell, if it's, it smells like a stale walnuts, then we have a problem, you know, and most people don't, they didn't, they don't know that. And, and that's what was so incredible about um, that time when no one, it wasn't on anyone's radar. It was more of a, like a, a cooking fat, not something that would add flavor and be like, you know, what I call the third condiment. You have salt, pepper, and olive oil as a, a um, something delicious to add flavor to your finished dish. So, um, so, you know, people knew it for salads, for bread dipping. When you see the appeal of that grassiness also uh, people like, you know, which is so important today, and we've come from, what, 1995 till 2016, people like to know where their food comes from. So they loved the story. They knew and trusted me, and I knew exactly where that olive oil came from, and people love the story. They like mm. to be able to trust. They like the authenticity. They like the traceability, and and um, that's what I realized. I was like, people, you know, go to a supermarket or go buy and it there's no connection to the product and it's not cheap you know what you get what you pay for so if you're buying something that's worthy of that quality you you should get absolutely you should get a story for that price and it's mm-hmm. you know it's really just like wine and that's uh, you know, I'll be talking about that a lot, how that's really the entry point for our customers to understand our concept of olive oil. So I, I can talk more about that uh, later on. But um, but yes, it was a very much, for me, it was like the light bulb went off and I watched all these people's expressions and excitement and, oh, and, and I had a little like black market olive oil business out of my office and, you know, people would come down, I want a case of that olive oil. So I'd give, <laughs> I'd prepare a box and off they went with it. I think that's how that's how a lot of people begin is yeah. that way is bringing some oils from their from their family farms and giving it to friends and it grows from there. Absolutely. I know of a few producers who've done that. Uh, so then what happened? I uh, moved to New York and I was researching how I can uh, transition into the olive oil business. So I, I was marketing my family's olive oil, which was a small small um, harvest. And I looked up every olive oil trade show. Like, oh, I went to the fancy food show, and there was probably a handful of olive oil producers there, uh, just to see what it was like. And then I remember finding um, the boutique in Grand Central, Olivier and Co. And I went to that store, and there was um, a French woman uh, who, at the time, he, she was the business development manager from France. And I brought a little sample of my father's olive oil, and we just started talking about olive oil. And she was like, wow, you you know your stuff. And I was like, wow, I, I 
am amazed that this concept even exists at this time because it was, uh, I think at this stage we were at 1999-2000 at Grand Central mm-hmm. and um, uh, the concept of a, a, a boutique dedicated to uh, this vast array of olive oils was really so advanced and I was intrigued by this concept. So basically um, she said, hey, you should work from us for us, and the, the rest is a long history uh, <laughs> with Olivier & Co. So um, I've work, worked with them in uh, many capacities. I actually worked in London for Olivier & Co. for four years, and I developed, um, at the time, the wholesale and B2B. I got the brand in Harrods at the time, Fortnum and & Mason, and, and that was quite a challenge because, I mean, that was a, a, a butter culture, and, and you'd see olive oil in pharmacies because they would use it to get the wax out of their ear. So there was mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of education to be had. Um, but because uh, it was such a premium product and the packaging uh, was just so beautiful, it really, um, it really suited uh, many retailers at the time t- who, who wanted to be uh, selling something new and not, uh, qualitative. So, so it was a big challenge. But again, you know, when I'm passionate about something, just like anyone you meet that's passionate about something, then it it's really helps uh, help sell the product. So you've been working with them now for, what, almost 20 years? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, when you say that, that's, that's quite a, a history, absolutely. And you still like going to work every day? I do, because it changed. I mean, we've had a lot of different uh, restructuring and reorganizations, um, and it's changed along each leg of the journey as and I've and what I love about the company is that I've get to see a lot of different aspects of the business so so you know I've I've revamped I'm in charge of the e-commerce as well uh you know I've done wholesale I've done um, retail merchandising so for me it's it's like kind of running your own business and since it's such a small company now in the U.S., you get to really have a hands-on approach to all aspects of the business. So there are new, no two days are alike. Uh, and that, mm-hmm. that's what I really love about it. And you're working with the most amazing products uh, that I never get tired of tasting or talking about. Since you've been there, what was the biggest transition or the biggest change that happened to the co- company? Well, we had um, our founder and uh, we, what we call him our chief olive grower, Monsieur... Uh, Olivier Bossard. Uh, oh, yes. Well, his uncle actually was the 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 uh, Albert Bossard passed away uh, in twenty, I believe it was twenty fifteen, and sold the company to a, f- a French entrepreneur, and and so basically. Now we're going through a restructuring in France uh, and really um, a, a rebranding, kind of like a rebirth of the brand. And and they really want to give it the attention it deserves as, you know, what we used to have m- many more boutiques and kind of lost lost our um, lost our momentum, and now we're we're building it back again, um, thanks to the the transition in ownership and the commitment to the brand, and um, you know that that we've been doing this. We were one of the first to to you know 
bring the grand cru term to olive oils back in 2000. And, and so since then, there's been so, I mean, going to the fancy food show now, you see someone with, you know, beef jerky has a bottle of olive oil on their table. You know, it, it, it's, it. <laughs> there, it's, you know, it's, it's next week or it's, yes. it's, this, it's this weekend. And I, I'm going to head over there. I, I, I walk around and see some producers. Uh, it's, it's fun for me. There are 270 producers in the directory that have olive oil. Incredible. Incredible. Compared to one of my first forays in there, it, it's just incredible to see where we've, uh, where we've come. And, and again, the, um, and, and that's what I love. I think that's one of the most rewarding things is uh, being in that Grand Central boutique in 2000 um, and then in 2005 and, and offering customers a tasting and we would we were purists at and we would have a spoon and and I'd be like, okay, have a, have a taste of this fantastic grassy olive oil from Tuscany, and they're like, wait, you want me to taste it with a spoon? Like like it was like cod liver oil, and I, I will never forget that response. And and to the to the point where today. We have, uh, you know, six-year-old kids coming in, trying three or four different olive oils with their parents because they they have such a, a fondness for trying different olive oils. We'll be right back. On Olive Oil is produced by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication, and the International Culinary Center Olive Oil Program. Learn olive oil sensory assessment in New York. The Olive Oil Sommelier Certification Program offers comprehensive instruction in olive oil sensory assessment and olive oil events throughout the year. Sign up at oliveoilschool.org. Grand Central Station, first of all, my whole life. It's been my favorite place on earth. I grew up in New York, and I've been going there since I was a little kid. I've been going there since there was nothing but a big Kodak sign on one side of Grand Central Station, which was a famous, gigantic (laughs) Kodak. Uh, Do you remember that by any chance? No, no. I'm intrigued. It's even before your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. Oh, all all growing up, you walk into Grand Central Station and an entire monstrous color image that was a a Kodak uh, advertisement. And it was there. It must have been there for 10 or 20 years. But it was there throughout my entire childhood. And if you wanted food in Grand Central Station, you had a choice. There was a deli, there was a pizzeria, and there, well, that was it. And there was a newsstand. And there were some shoe shines, places to get your shoe shined. That was it back then. Nothing else. Of course, now you've got food courts, you have restaurants, and, and everything else. Grand Central Station is a place, and the reason... I find this so interesting that you have a store there, not only because I'm in love with the place and it's anybody who hasn't been there has to go there and don't go there just to catch a train, but go there to look around because it is just a gem in, in, in the greatest city in the world. But it's such a special place because most people are in a hurry. You know, they've got a train to catch. This is the quintessential place where you've got New Yorkers running to do something. You don't have them for very long. And right there in the middle of Grand Central Station is an Owen Co. store. And when I saw that, it kind of blew me away that, that here in this, this maze of people zipping 
from one place to another, right in the middle of all of that, that frantic activity, is a Mediterranean outpost that sells, of all things, this thousands-year-old product with images of Mediterranean life and simplicity. And in the middle of, of all of that hectic pace, people are tasting olive oil, of all things. So, first of all, tell me about because you've spent time on the selling floor there, right? Yes. What's it like to grab one of these New Yorkers or when they come in? I mean, I can't imagine. Nobody has more than 20 minutes to spare, right? Nobody. Nope. <laughs> and they're, they're coming in there, and you've got them for a very short period <laughs> of time. And meanwhile, what you're selling, in my view, is really one of the most... Well, on the one hand, it's very simple, of course, you know, it, it, but on the other hand, it's one of the most complex things, just like you and I could talk all day about <laughs> olive oil, right? Mm -hmm. You could talk to them all day about olive oil, but they're not going to let you. So how does it go? Bring us, a, a lady walks into the store, and how does it go? Well, you, you nailed it. <clears throat> Grand Central is one of the... the hardest places to sell. Um, but again, all of our teams are, are trained on that because we don't, we want to, we create an experience. We create a journey. So it's, it's exactly that. When you walk through our door, you forget about track 19 across the hallway. You forget about, you know, the rush. In that split second, we transport you on a journey and it's, it's through a, a very um, well-rehearsed, experienced selling technique because we want to make sure we it's not so much selling as we're helping someone to buy so so we we it's just like welcoming someone into your home and really having them taste something like everyone who comes in we really encourage them to taste because again if you ask uh, a New Yorker, can I help you with something? No, 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 no. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, I've, you know. So, so we welcome them to to our home essentially, and you know we have a tasting table, and kind of like let me give you five seconds. Let me take you to Provence. Let me take you to this corner of of Tuscany, and we really kind of gauge. First of all, you ha you have to be like a detective. You really have to assess. If they're going for a train, trust me, they'll let you know. They're like, I, can you get me rung up in one minute? And <laughs> of course we can. So they'll, we listen to our customers. I think rule number one is listen to your customers because they will tell you what they need and what mm -hmm. they want if they need to get that train. And so of course we can get you in and out in one minute and that's the priority. And because our customers uh, that come in, so I can talk about two different customers, our customers that know us. Uh, and, you know, when I describe an Owen Co. customer, I would say the number one thing is that they are loyal. So they'll come in and they'll say, okay, I need a, a, a refill of my Chateau Viran, or I need another bottle of everyday olive oil, or a tin of everyday olive oil. No problem, we'll get it. Then you have the other um, uh, customer that that might not know us. So and and we find that those customers are curious, and they might not know what we sell when they walk into the door. So so we have to explain in pretty quick lingo what we're all about. So the the line that really helps explain it is like we are like a wine shop of olive oils and we have about mm. 20 to 30 olive oils that are 
carefully selected to to really encompass a whole range of aromas and taste profiles so mm. kind of like wine so so if if the uh, you know we also ask okay what 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 kind of olive oil do you use now and you know where do you buy your olive oil because these are really interesting questions because we need to get to know that customer as quickly as possible so where do you buy your olive oil where what kind of olive oil do you use what do you use it for so so we call those probing questions to get to know our customer and really you know, we don't want to offer someone something that they're not going to like. So it's like wine. It's really matching the, the what kind of food um, the customer likes to cook with what kind of taste profile they like. So, so if someone's a vegetarian and they like their pasta and they like, you know, a more robust oil, you know, we get those, we get that information from them. And then we say, okay, here you go. Here's, here's an amazing Tuscan olive oil. That's perfect for your for your pasta, for bread dipping, for your salads. So, so we, we, we're matchmakers. And, and the best part of it all is, you know, once you assess, okay, we, they have time because they haven't told us they have to catch a train in one minute. Then what we try to do, just because I remember, I love to see, watch that customer, watch that light bulb go off. Like, oh my gosh, I never realized there were so many flavors of olive oil and they're all so different so basically the optimal scenario would be to have someone try three oils so a very delicate and buttery oil from france for example uh, because we have about 25 to 30 different uh, extra virgin olive oils from it could be five to six to seven different countries so we'll select a delicate and buttery one we'll select a medium bodied one and then we'll take it to the two cough peppery Tuscan olive oil if if they're interested. So so that way you start from the more delicate as you know and and we have them experience the the wow factor in appreciating the nuances and taste and aroma and by the time they finish with that second one they're like oh my goodness wow you know and and you that light bulb goes off and and simultaneously we'll we'll and this is why the staff is so important to to really tell the story like I was saying uh, the journey of that that oil we know the the olives uh, where they came from and to where the bottling we have full traceability because uh, transparency is what we're all about and what we've always been about and that's something we've been doing from the get-go and now more and more people are doing it because there's so many misconceptions and distrust with the whole olive oil industry so, so basically, um, when the customer comes in and they taste, and then we simultaneously tell them a story about the producer, because we work so closely with the producer, we show them on the, how to read what's on the bottle, because the information on that bottle is so important that we, we have to give them all that knowledge so they know they can trust us. And, and so from the, the name of the producer, the primary olive variety, the best before date, we've always had a best before date on, and the month and year of the current harvest, because we only offer olive oils from the current harvest, unless, you know, there's an overlap uh, with at the end of the year. So, um, so listening to the customer, establishing trust, and then having a tasting is the key. And then they're, they, they're just like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So, so we also offer, as you know, um, uh, 
a range of amazing vinegars and Mediterranean specialties. We work with uh, Michelin star chefs to create a whole range of tapenades and and uh, pestos, and so it's really a, a journey, a Mediterranean journey. And mm. so after you know three olive oils, that might be perfect for them. We'll have a little chaser of premium balsamic, which is one of our uh, top sellers as well. And then you know the the conversation just evolves from there because sometimes a lot of people say we're the best kept secret in 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 new york as a lot of our um, current customers as you have experienced have seen our boutiques in paris because we have about 12 boutiques in paris and and then they stumble upon us here um, because we just haven't expanded our footprint as quickly as you know some of our uh, competitors and um, but once people taste um, then it's it's uh, they're hooked it's it's really amazing uh, and and tasting is so key and something that is essential because you won't be surprised once you get home and plus you'll you'll come in back in uh, 2000 people were hesitant to taste and now people you know, we'll leave our boutique having a, a list of 10 different things to do with that olive oil. Uh, we encourage them to use it for baking. We encourage, you know, drizzle on your popcorn, fry an egg in it. Because uh, usage is important. We don't want customers, because our products are expensive, because it's, it's the top quality, we don't want it to be used for special occasions. And so many times I hear that, oh, I'm, I'm saving it for a special occasion. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, olive, that's the biggest difference between olive oil and wine. You have to drink a good olive oil young. So, um, so we encourage them. Usage is key because, you know, aside from bread dipping and salad and pasta, how else can you use your olive oil? And that's something we train our staff to make sure you find out what that what foods that customer likes to eat and you give them five more reasons of how they can use that olive oil so uh making mashed potatoes you know finishing a nice steak with a great Tuscan olive oil, uh, you know, and, and then the, you could, you could see the light bulb, the wheels are turning. Okay. I, I never knew that. And if I had a dollar, Oh, I never realized that. I never knew you could use it like that. And that's where you've seen that, that evolution of, um, you know, the health conscious aspects of using olive oil as well as just the, the taste. And when people are so conscious of where they're the, buying a, a organic salmon, you're spending, you know, you're 20 some dollars a pound on a piece of salmon and then you use just any olive oil with it that just doesn't make sense right so um so it's a matter of education 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 and and you know what you are doing uh, curtis educating people uh, that's priceless and you know you have the mass marketers the big uh, budget marketers that uh expose people to olive oil and 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 our job is to refine that knowledge and, and really show them what that top olive oil, what makes olive oil so good? What, what, what makes one better than the other? Why does one, t- you know, and that, those are customers we get, questions we get all the time from 20 some years ago, the, the, the knowledge wasn't there. People didn't know how to use it. People just didn't know what to ask. Whereas now, if I, I could tell you the questions we get, you know, through our customer service line, uh, you know, they ask us which olive oil has the highest polyphenol count, uh, you know, um, why does the smoke point vary? I mean, 
customers are knowledgeable. They're asking some great questions. And in the store too? Yeah, absolutely. 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 So you're getting better questions these days. Absolutely. One of the things that I find so interesting is, you know, first of all, your products are private label. They're branded Olivier and company. But at the same time, you proudly display the names of the producers and their and where they're from on the products as well. Why is that the the way that you're doing it. Olivienko was founded on experiences, experiences with our producers. And that's how the whole brand was developed. It was founded on the question, like like the finest wines, why can't superior olive oil be, be recognized as, as Grand Cru, for example? And that's where we realized it's all about the people, the producers, because um, we work with um, Eric Verdier. He's our, we call him our... Um, oleologist, our scientist come poet. He's our olive oil sommelier. So he's the one that that makes the selection for us each harv- after each harvest. The company's founded on the producers and our relationships with the producers. Because mm. I know I know from Greece, I mean, uh, and now especially every time I go back to Greece, I have a line of 10 producers. Uh, try my olive oil. My olive oil is the best. Try my olive oil. My olive oil is the best. <laughs> and, and it's very hard to change the way someone's been doing something for centuries. So for us, that relationship building with the producers is is so important and and we couldn't do any we couldn't be where we are without the producers and it's that collaboration uh eric knows and has a very well respected relationship with the producers so he he visits them from uh, all stages of of the production process and it's really a collaboration and and that's why the producers are so prominently referenced on our packaging. Um, that's why we tell the story of the producer, because that, at the end of the day, is is who's responsible for making such amazing oil. And, and we want to highlight that and focus that, because Olivienko is based on the people behind the olive tree mm-hmm. and the chefs behind our products. So, so that's really part of our concept, is to bring to light the people behind these amazing products. And, and, and that's why the selection criteria is so rigorous because we, we want to showcase the world's best olive oil producers. And, you know, we use the most stringent quality control uh, criteria and, and the results are just the most amazing tasting oils that we, we bring to the public. Kind of like, you know, the olive oil competition, like what you guys have done. And, um, uh, but, you know, for us, it's bringing a cohesive range of, of aromas and tastes. So your business is built on this direct connection with a customer. You know, they walk into the store, you talk to them, you learn about what they're using, you talk about what, what foods uh, they're preparing, and you help them select an oil for that. So that brings me to my next question, which must be an incredible challenge for you and for a company like yourself, like uh, Olivier and Company. I'm talking about online sales. How do you take that company philosophy and uh, the way that you distinguish your products and your relationships with a customer, how do you take that online? That's a great question, and uh, I have great answers because I helped redevelop our website with a great team to really replicate the store experience as much as one can without the taste, right? That The taste mm-hmm. and the smell is... Uh, so, so it was a year-long process of just a whole... Uh, 
branding breakdown to how to convey that knowledge, that taste, that selection process, and get people to know us online. And so um, our website now has, again, the olive oil section is, is divided into usage. So is everyday use and then finishing. You can also, so, so kind of like the sales uh, selling technique in our store. So how do you use your olive oil? So we answer the fundamental questions of what our customers are asking. So how would you be using it? What can you use it with? What does it taste like? What country is it from? So all, we've translated the script of what our customers ask for uh, to make sure we answer those questions on the olive oil category page, for example. So, so you have icons that um, represent dried grass or, uh, you know, to replicate the taste, tasting notes that we would say to the customer. The only thing, maybe one day now with Amazon involved, we'll be, have that taste ability. You never know. Um, <laughs> right. Um, or the smell for sure, right? Misting through your uh, speaker. Um, but again, it, it's, it's really about education. So we have a producer page linked to each oil where you find out about the producer, their terroir, their story, which is what we would tell the customer in the store. Uh, you know, is the olive oil category floral or grassy? So that's the starting point. So to gauge your taste, you know, kind of like, do you want a white wine or a red wine? And of course, there's all sorts in between, but that's a good starting point. And then from there, you can see, uh, you can select by country you, and you can sort based on um, uh, taste profile. The, all the information that we would tell a customer is on our website. It, it's really just the taste that can't come through. And then we have customers who call, um, and uh, Joanne's our, we call her our olive oil uh, lady. She's our customer service manager. And, um, you know, we have customers who've been buying Chateau Viron, one of our oils that we've had for years and years and years. And they know Mother Nature controls what it's like each year. And if we have it from one year to the next, they might call and say, okay, how does it compare to last year? Because they just know us so well and, and, and they just want to hear someone tell them, okay, okay. Even though it says it's still delicate and buttery, they, they just want our take on it. You know, it's, it's the convenience of shopping online compared to the purest, we'll always have those people who want to taste in the store and, and, and that's how it should be. I mean, tasting, you can't have, that's the, the best way to know it's something you like for sure. But I imagine, and maybe you can confirm this or deny it, but I would imagine that most of your online shoppers are those who've already been in the store. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Most people, we, and that's why, you know, retail is changing so incredibly fast. And, but we need, we need storefronts. We need the stores because uh, that's where people have their first encounter with Olivia Inco. And they go in there, they taste and, and, and that's where, you know, we want to make sure that we have them work together, kind of like in an omni-channel. We want, we're working towards an omni-channel strategy where 
you know, we don't want to have people not go to the stores and just shop online. We want to work together with the stores to make it an experience that will keep attracting new customers and, and getting more people through the, the store door and an incentive for them, obviously, if they're traveling, you know, and we don't, we only have two stores in New York. So, so we have a lot of the United States to cover and a lot of people then shop online to get refills or whatnot so but the, as far as new york goes it's and you know new yorkers they want convenience 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 so so that's uh, you know something we're we're working on now improving that um multi-channel strategy so so we have people who keep going to the store and and having that tasting experience because there's nothing like tasting the olive oil and having the expertise of the staff guide them through that and as you said grand central is just renovating and has add you know the fresh market there it's it's just a one-stop shopping so it's it's a great destination are some of the other Olivier and Company stores in such impressive locations as Grand Central or is GCT <laughs> sort of no, known within your company as the big leagues. Yeah, that's our flagship for sure. Um, but on the other hand, I, the, our Bleecker Street store in the village is, it's a gem. It's mm. that, that reminds me of the true uh, original Olivienko in Paris because it's a very much a, a neighborhood store. So we're across from Amy's Bread right next to Murray's Cheese. So we're on the, the food strip of Bleecker Street, and we're mm-hmm. actually part of um, uh, the New York Food Tours, which brings us a lot of our customers. So the New York Food Tours, um, they bring like three or four groups into our store, and you have about 10 minutes. So you get an olive oil 101, you have tastings, and then they they stop at uh, the fishmonger, they go to the pizza store, the sweets. So it's like a, a foodie heaven and then they at the end of the tour they can come back and shop with us um so so it's a great way to uh expose new people to our brand and and it's just a fun experience in uh, in the village but people usually have a lot more time like at, for your initial question our customers in Bleecker Street, they love to chit-chat. I mean, you could stay there for an hour and just go through 20 Grand Cru oils. And, you know, it's it's a very, very different selling experience. You know, Rose, I could talk to you all day long. <laughs> like but, I, but I know you, I know you probably have a train to catch. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd rather sip my olive oil, Curtis. <laughs> well, I'd like to know what, what is the first thing you'll do when you get to Hania? Oh, my goodness. I think... My dad already has asked me what what I want to eat when I'm there. So, <laughs> so I think I'm going to have a, a freshly squeezed orange juice and just walk around the olive groves and in, and just breathe it all in uh, and look forward to recharging my batteries under the the Cretan sun. Oh, that's a perfect note to end on, Rose. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Curtis. And uh, here's to all things olive oil. Great job and continue what you're doing. On Olive Oil is produced in New York by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication. To listen to past episodes, visit onoliveoil.com.